0: Hello out there in the Potoverse! Welcome to Weaver's Circle, the interview podcast for the Weave the Tale Twitch channel. I am your host Spence, and on this show, we will be talking with the channel's game masters, casts of the game, and the designers of the games that are being played. This episode, we are joined by the amazing game master and role playing gamer that I have come to know over the last year, who is running our Nuadan Chronicles game uh, Adam Lake Now this is our first episode. We have a little bit of first episode jitters in the interview, but I promise it is a good time and a good listen. So, without further ado, here is our discussion with Adam Lake. So, Adam, welcome to Weaver Circle. You are my first interview.
1: Yay! No Yay. pressure, no pressure.
0: Oh, please, the pressure is all on me. I have to make this good. Uh, so, okay, okay. So you're going to be our GM for the Nuwadin Chronicles. Tell us a little bit about, um, first of all, who you are as a GM and like what kind of role-playing uh, things that you like to do and bring to the table.
1: Well, uh, what kind of GM am I? That's a That's kind of a tough one to answer. I've been gaming mm-hmm. for a long time. Before I moved out here to Denver, which is where I live now, I had probably a small gaming store worth of books where some people collect or they'll like get a fancy car or whatever to kind of show off. I just compulsively collect games. So with the exception of Shadowrun, I probably have heard of the game and probably have the book for it or at least have the PDF. So but uh, as to what kind of games I tend to frequently run, um, I'm kind of a World of Darkness person, or typically dark horror games is my mm-hmm. favorite. Uh, I'm a big vampire LARPer. I've been LARPing since pretty much, with the exception of COVID, uh, mm-hmm. once or twice a month since 2005.
0: And you have so. a pretty good uh, selection of your, of your LARPing uh, photography or, uh, on your uh, Instagram as well, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. If you go to my Instagram, you will see pictures of me and my various different outfits uh, for different events. And in addition, I recently started my first stream a couple of months ago, and it feels like forever ago. So you'll <laughs> see some of that there. I do a uh, uh, cult divinity lost over mm-hmm. on uh, TTRP theater channel, uh, formerly uh, the cult channel, but now we're just one of the cult channels. Um, so that I actually, at the time of this recording next week is our season two finale. So Ooh. that'll be exciting. And then I, Um, I start uh, another stream with Grim and Perilous, the people that do Zweihander. And then I start a stream with you guys, uh, two weeks after that. So, um, I suddenly got pulled into this pretty hardcore.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I've done a couple of live streams with you. Your makeup game is like on point. My favorite one was, uh, the vampire one that we did uh i i remember that we called it the darkling ball but i don't even remember what it was i think it was sad vampire bo- sad vampire that's reference. it yes
1: yeah sad yeah. Vampire yeah.
0: yeah i love that i love how thematic you get when you're when you're doing your role playing and like everything you bring visually to the table as well as uh the the accents the mannerisms uh that just add to the the immersion of, uh, of what you're doing. so I can't imagine what it's going to be like with you as a GM.
1: So, well, the tough thing about the Nuadan Chronicles is it's a little bit more fantasy based and my mm-hmm. fantasy selection is a little bit a uh, little bit sparse but I' have uh, some of the cast members I've talked to. we've got ways to try to uh, c- try to bring this electro fantasy world alive visually a little bit because there's only so much we can do. Um, just, you know, it's COVID times and things like that. And, right. you know, uh, we have a lot of selection, but not everyone is just had this kind of new genre worth of costumes sitting in the back, but I've got a couple of nice things. They'll probably be black, obviously. Um, right. but, uh, I'm getting some lights here too, cause I think it's the, it'll be a little bit more dynamically lit. There's a lot of purples, especially in the mm-hmm. main art. So I might try to get that going. So I'll do the best I can uh, when it doesn't just fall into my normal vampire shtick or demon shtick. It's going to take a little bit more, but I'm hoping um, my cast members will be able to um, pick up some of that slack. And I'm hoping the story is going to be tons of fun. And uh, I I think it is. So we've been talking about it a lot recently. In fact, Sunday, uh, we're going to be meeting with the writers and creators because they're helping me build the character sheets. And we're all going to take a look at them.
0: Awesome. Um, So what drew you to this game?
1: Well, um, to kind of peek behind the curtain, I would love to say I totally heard about it ahead of time. I have not, which is really difficult for me. I'm very much, I at least have heard of most Kickstarters. Doesn't mean Mm -hmm. I backed all of them. But um, uh, Mitch came to me and was like, hey, Adam, uh," you know, Mitch, for those that don't know, Mitch kind of got me started with Cult. Right. It was uh, his initial idea to to get me involved with that. I was one of the few people, I would say one of the few Americans really talking about cult. And he probably pestered me for a year to stream <laughs> the game. And I finally agreed. And uh, he said I had to do an audition for them. But then randomly, uh, I joined your guys' game on a mm-hmm. Monday night with some of my cast members. And we had a crazy rockin' time where I was a, a Spanish werewolf mobster. Um, oh, passion!
0: is that was just supposed to be a random uh romance game, and then I think our chat just brought in the supernatural stuff, yeah. and we all ran with it.
1: Yeah, I just yeah, someone's like, "Oh, you hear a wolf owl and in my head, I'm like, "God, and I'm a werewolf." Moving on. Yep. So, yep. uh, so he got me involved. So he got me started over there. So when he was like, "Hey, will you do a stream for me," I'm like, "Yeah, sure." What's it about? He he gave me a list of games. And I looked through all of them, and the one that spoke to me was uh, the Nwadden Chronicles. It was, the art was fantastic. I kind of like the idea of this uh, fantasy setting that has a little bit of technology. Um, I I call it Magitech, but that's, I don't think that's what the writers necessarily call it, but it's very much, um, they have these things, they're called flux crystals, and they tend to Uh there tend to be the magical MacGuffin that causes a lot of technology to work. So they have airships uh, kind of ray guns and stuff like that. Yeah. I like
0: Magitech as a, as a term to, to kind of uh, umbrella that. So there. I saw
1: their art and I was like, okay. And so of the ones he had there, I mean, he didn't have anything that was just, you know, dripping vampire. So I was like, well, out of what we got here, I, I think I could have fun with uh, this kind of setting. So, mm-hmm. um, that's what drew me to it. I, uh, was given a kind of a beta slice pre-editing version of the book, right. uh, went through it. Um, and I've been talking with the writers cause it's, it's the book's huge. Like there right. were like, so the, the first lore book is about their main country Uldris and there's like eight provinces and there's so much detail. And you know, when you're you know, when you're running one stream, trying to wrap that up, starting another, like I, I read as much of it as I could, but there were some there were some uh, provinces or regions. I'm like, OK, I'm going to have to skip past this and get back to it because there's just so much stuff. But right. by speaking with the writers and I kind of uh, I had an idea because I was like the, the game, the story, regardless of the setting, to a certain extent, this is an adventure setting. So here's my adventure idea. And here's how I think it will work. And I've worked with them to kind of narrow down the province. Uh, I was able to, uh, the adventure was initially centering around this particular, to me, I just made the place up. I was just like, oh, it'll be this thing. And there's a thing there. And they're like, hey, you should check out this part of the book. So I found that out. Turns out there's some really cool monks there. So um, I just went with it after that. We had a character meeting last week where I brought the cast in and they were like, well, cause we get to see some of the art and they kind of pointed at the art. Like who, who is this character? I want to be like them. Yeah. And we were able to take that and um, we've broken it down to the point that I think this is going to be, I'm hoping it's an action adventure w- with some major comedic elements. Like I've, I, when I think of stories, I try to think of little moments I want to capture. And right. I really, there, there's a few, like, I don't, don't want to say pirate, but kind of sauntery, like fun moments that I was like, I need to capture this. And this is what the characters look like to me. Mm -hmm. Cause that's how I, when I build a story, especially for streaming, streaming is uh, it's gaming, but it's also a performance. And I think it's important to remember that. So how I've been making characters even more recently before streaming is I'll give people a narrative function. Like you're the mentor. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. who you are. And here's what I need of you narratively outside of that you know, go nuts, but you need to be the mentor for this character. And I need you to have, you know, lost your hand, you know, fighting your, vi- your nemesis. Cause it's totally not going to come back and haunt you, you right. know, kind of thing. So I kind of gave them like, Hey, I want an archeologist and you know, they're going to go do this. And I need a, uh, there's a group called the wardens. And they're like, they're kind of like the FBI or the mm-hmm. marshals. They can go anywhere. They have the, I can do whatever I want and get away with it badge. Uh, uh, I need one to be down on his luck. So I'm like, I need a doubt on the luck warden. Here's what mm-hmm. I think about that. But outside of that, the person who's playing that, uh, John, was like, well, uh, I think it'd be kind of neat to for this. And then the writers were like, oh, well, it turns out we have this piece of art that just we hadn't seen. It's essentially, so he's kind of a gunslinger type. Oh, very just cool. Like, so it's got cool wires. And I think he's getting a prop for that. Uh, so hopefully it'll, I'm sure regardless of whatever it is, it'll be nice to have, but, um, yeah. I pick, these are people I've played with before. Most of them, uh, actually I've played with them all before, but m- most of them have been on my stream at least once, uh, right. they've, you know, uh, they're extra and that's what I like extra people that are just gonna bring it.
0: Yeah. And I can't imagine the, uh, the bountiful resource of being able to talk to the writers uh, as you're creating this adventure uh, with your characters and and like building it together. You know, it's one of the beautiful things about joint story weaving uh, in an RPG type setting uh, that, but it's just so cool that you also get to work with the creators to be like, this is kind of the story I want to tell. And they give you that input of, Oh, Hey, check out this land. And then you find all these little nuggets that you can tie into it um it's it's just so cool
1: yeah they've been a they've been a major help like I you know when you when you read an RPG book I think one of the things that'll help for those that don't I have terrible ADD and Mm -hmm. it actually helps me when I'm uh gaming and GMing because I I can quickly think of like you know who's probably getting bored this other person so I'm good at jumping around right when you don't have art to hold you in a book it's really hard when I just have a Google doc of like 300 pages, it, it can be strenuous for me. So I'll, I'll get the, the, you know, the broad strokes. I'm like, this is the setting. This is the feeling. Uh, this is this land. That's really cool. But you know, when you're cramming just, it's like the adventure could go in any adventure setting, but right. then I was able to kind of go, this is what I'm thinking. And I, you know, was able, like, I want to do old I also like, there's a old is a colony. And I was like, uh, Marath is their original place. I'm like, hey, there's this. They talk about the storm that happens. I was like, I'm thinking, we'll base off the storm. But then as I was able to give them a little bit of the detail, them uh, being the writers uh, were able to go, oh, well, they can really get the minutia in there that, that you miss on the first read of any right. RPG. You know, it's so much to digest. But once they kind of were like, hey, and there's this province you should probably base it in. It's very near it's near some things you're talking about. Well, I just recently found a kind of a Magi order. So that worked really cool. And I read that over, I'm like, you know what? Maybe one of the player characters would be from this order because it fits in this country. And what we're trying to do here outside of telling a great story is selling people, telling them like, come have fun in this amazing world. So I want to pull as much from it as I can, but also kind of the caveat, and this is what always worries me about working with the creators, I'm like, when I'm put on the spot, I may have to make something up, yeah. and um, and they, they laugh. I think that they kind of realize that I, I want this to showcase their world, but I'm not the expert. But I hopefully it'll be a learning experience for them too, because you know I'm I'm your quote unquote average GM. I'm the guy mm-hmm. that's going to pick up the book. This is what I read. This is the story I wanted to tell. And it hope, luckily, it was the story. It sound like they imagined, but had it not been, that might be something for them to learn. Like, oh, okay. How do we, how do we sell this better? Is it, you know, is the art going to get that, you know, and the art is amazing. I, I've, they've shared with me a bunch of the proto art. Um, there's these things called the Fae. They have these crystals inside of them and the bigger mm-hmm. they get, the more sentient and powerful they become.
0: Oh, that's cool. So
1: yeah. Oh, it's, it's when it, when they were showing me art, when I was just coming up with ideas. They're mm-hmm. like, well, there's this thing. I'm like, okay, tell me about this thing. Because right. there's this one race of creatures that uh, can look like others. And they're trying to destroy humanity. And I'm like, all I hear is a political plot to overthrow the nation. When right. I hear that, you know, and that's that's not the way I'm going with this particular adventure. But that was one of the ideas I was considering. I'm like, okay, hidden cult of these lizard people moving throughout society. What does that tell? I end up right. going a different direction. But then they showed me this big... Fae. and i'm like oh well, tell me about this thing you know this thing looks like it could be a terrible world destroying monster go on you know
0: and i imagine having that back and forth about the the stuff that you've been reading about really helps it sink in a little better because you're getting uh more context around what you've just read
1: oh yeah they they also too were able to kind of tell me some of their inspirations like um oh, cool. we were so we played a one shot just to kind of learn the rules because it's one of those it's one of the systems, at least when I'm looking at it, it makes sense, but I need you need someone to show you. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I think I know what this means, but I'm a little confused. So it's a percentile system, and one of the weaknesses of percentile systems, which he they fix. I say he because uh, Jason, one of the writers, he does the stats. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke does all the lore. So whenever I ask a detailed lore question, his eyes kind of glaze over, and he goes, Brooke, why don't you answer that? But so one of the things I've always noticed in percentile systems, if there's not a way, if you keep them too, if you the percents go too high, they always succeed. Like if I get a 70% at everything, I'm always gonna succeed. But if it's too low, it's they're never gonna succeed. And if you got it in the middle, it's just like flipping a coin. So they have this thing called success rating. So Mm -hmm. before you even start a roll, you have a certain amount of like successes. And then depending on how well you roll, you add or subtract from that, so you can be amazing at something, roll terribly, and then still do okay. Yeah. Or you can be terrible at something and roll amazing, and you know, boom, that's how you get successful. Well, we were playing, and uh, we were just kind of asking questions. It was just me and a couple other people, and I was asking so many little questions about things that would probably anno- annoy a normal GM because I mm-hmm. we pull up in a in a like a chariot or something like that. And I'm like, okay, well, what does it look like? right which is really because in when i'm going to tell the story for the audience what does it look like you know what are the horse and he had this picture of these like massive horses like he's like oh we have this you know just not something that was initially in in the art pack and he's like i was like oh well i know there's technology is it like a hover one he's like oh there are hover carriages but only the super rich afford those and we were Mm -hmm. posing to try to steal something so we had a cover but we didn't have super rich cover So we had a normal thing. And a lot of these little questions, so we had to steal something. And someone asked like, well, can I, is there a way to save the data? Is there, I'm like, is there like a magical USB drive? You know, because there's a lot of the tech, but some of, because it's Magitech, I don't know, is that there? So we ended up having like this magical copy paper. You just put it on top. Um, So that was very uh, useful for me. And so funny, the the GM Mm -hmm. um, just decided to add this, Kind of like, so we're, there's this like magical order that checks to make sure that you don't. So when you cast magic, you develop flux. Anyone mm-hmm. can cast magic, but your ability to mitigate that flux is dependent on how good you are. Okay. But if you have too much flux, and apparently if you die, you explode. So at this fancy rich party, they want to make sure there's essentially no one that's going to get shanked and blow up. Right. So they, he decided he, on the spot, he was like, all right, so there's this magical order that's going to um, check to make sure you don't have a lot of flux. And I'm like, oh, like I'm taking notes on this. I'm like, I'm totally going to use that order in the mm-hmm. show because that seems really important. He's like, well, I just made them up. I'm like, oh, oops. <laughs> so it made me feel a little good of sometimes, you know, just making things up on the fly, right. like, like the writer just did. And I'm, you know, over here like, oh, that's, that's really cool. I, I like this. Like, this is a really, like, they were shrouded. They couldn't speak, or, or they were forbidden to speak, or something like that. It's a, an era of mystery about them. I'm like, these guys are really neat. Totally adds a lot to the setting. I'm going to make a note. And then he was like, uh, I mean, sure, you can go ahead and use them, but I kind of made that up. I'm like, oh, well, I guess you better write them if I put them in the <laughs> show, kind of thing. So it was a good time.
0: Now, you had said that you weren't doing a political themed uh, game. So what kind of overarching theme can we uh, look for um, a- as you get ready to start uh, this this game?
1: There will be some politics in it. That's actually a thing that draws me to a world is sometimes mm-hmm. just how does the world work? Uh, for the- using Star Wars as an example, a lot of people didn't like the prequels, especially the politic ends, but I actually enjoyed them because it kind of. Created, like, how does Star, how does Star Wars work? Like mm-hmm. Oh, they have a Senate. And you even see some of the boring stuff. That actually sometimes interests me. I right. kind of want to know sometimes, how does the court work? Like, even mm-hmm. just enough in case we had that. So I there's a little bit uh, planned in my setting uh, there, because uh, I have the kind of general overarching plot I want to do. But this mm-hmm. is going to be um, a little bit more of a, I don't want to say a treasure hunt, but kind of a treasure hunt. Okay. Um, one of the characters is the archaeologist. Um, very much is is looking for is looking for the MacGuffin, something. I, mm-hmm. I have an idea of what it is, but until we get the characters done, I don't want to. Like, well, it's yeah. the thing. they're searching for the thing that's there's the X on the spot, and they mm-hmm. have to go get it. And so then they're going to have the roundup, something I really enjoy. Um, so the first game is literally going to be getting everyone together. Uh, we have the disgraced uh, warden. Uh, I think we've set up that with the, the, the um, spellcaster, the the primary spellcaster, who's going to be in that uh, order. And so like, I'm giving people quick names. I'm like, all right, you're Indiana Jones, like just kind of a template. (laughs) You're Qui-Gon Jinn, (laughs) like just kind of, but uh, we've established that the, uh, the spellcaster and the um, warden had some sort of a previous relationship. So those two are going to be at each other's kind of, that nice little tension to you know make oh, yeah. the game more fun. We have a. I'm hoping I, I've yet to hear back from this player. They're just very busy. I'm like I, I kind of want you to be the spunky engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of I, I give a template out, and if they were like ah, I'd rather do this, but it still serves my narrative purpose. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then you're the wisecracking engineer. What I just I want to showcase a little bit more of the tech, and I wouldn't mind if someone is the tech person. Right. Right. I've also got. I got an archaeologist. And then uh, we actually have Mitch has spoken to me. Uh, He said, Hey, I'd love to show up. I'm like, How would you like to be the pirate? And he's like, Absolutely. I have an outfit. So hopefully (laughs) we will see Mitch for a couple of episodes as the wise cracking pirate or whatever he does with that. Um, And then when I was pitching this to them, I I envisioned scenes. And I was just, Mm -hmm. one of the things I want Mitch to say is, because they're going to be on this desperate adventure. It's like, oh, for you to even get past the blockade, you will need to find someone, you know, a warden, but not just any warden, a warden that's down on his luck. It's so desperate that he would take something as foolish as this. Yeah. Luckily, I know just the man, you know, and that's <laughs> kind of like a nice little segue for the characters. So everybody kind of has their moment where we learn about them right. and then go on. So, yeah, I, my hope is it's, it's kind of going to be a grand adventure that starts out kind of finding the treasure, um, then it gets spilled into, oh my God, if we don't stop this, you know, there's going to be grave and dire consequences. That's when the politics gets in, because, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have to try to convince everybody to listen to them. Is that possible? Is just bureaucracy especially because the war is just beginning with their old, um, there's a war going on by the, with their old uh uh, colony, a colony because there are, you know, of as there yeah. is, yeah. So there's a war, so they have to get through that, and then are they going to get the help they need? Is it mm-hmm. going to be enough? And then they have to go to uh, the cool, magical, enchanted land that nobody believes, or I shouldn't say nobody believes it. no one believes you can get there safely. Like it's very much there. It's uh, it's going to spend uh, folks on this place called the Pillars of the Mist. Um, very um, if you ever saw Avatar, like those floating islands. Oh, the so-
0: Hallelujah Mountains? Yeah. Yeah,
1: like that's what it is and when you go there, apparently gravity stops working and it gets crazy. So, no. Definitely. So, apparently in the lore, no one, it's very difficult. Few people have ever made it through there safely. Well, now they'll have to navigate that mm-hmm. to, you know, stop this great uh, cataclysm that may happen. And then I'll throw in some rivals because, you know, every disgraced warden's gotta have a guy that doesn't like them. Yeah. Uh, You know, our Indiana Jones is, of course, going to have the rival archaeologist trying to steal their find. So
0: profit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So hoping a nice little romp action adventure. Nice. uh, Very very different from the dark, depressing stuff I do in Cult and Vampire. Um, So I was that's one of the reasons I did it. I was like, you know, what, this is different, but I know I can. I'm pretty sure I can do it. I'm quite Mm -hmm. certain my cast will help carry me through some bits of it. Uh, where I might not be as good at as I hope, but that's why I pick these people is, yeah. uh, sometimes I'll just give them the scenery and they'll chew on it for an hour and that'll entertain everybody. <laughs> and by their senior, I mean, uh, Nwaden, the writer's scenery. So that'll be mm-hmm. fun. So yeah, a little bit of pirates, a little bit of Indiana Jones, uh, kind of thing.
0: I'm so excited because I'm one of those I'm one of those people who like looks for clues and then like I have a MIDI uh conspiracy board where uh, <laughs> I'll be like okay so they found this in this location and then they saw the same symbol in this location and and so I will have my own conspiracy theory I will probably try to address it with your characters <laughs> later on it's gonna be great um, well
1: I'll be certain to add a couple of little some more symbolism to it like I I'm very much I have this general idea And I have a very good idea for the first and second episode beyond Mm -hmm. that. I'm kind of like, and then, and then this kind of thing will happen. But sometimes I do my, I do my best work. Um, just knowing that and trying to keep going after that. Like, okay, I I know I want to do this. I've got three days. These are the beats I want to hit. All right, let's write. And then usually anything that I miss, uh, my players will, uh, take me there, you know, take me the rest of the way, or they'll, um, I don't have any players cause I wouldn't work with him, especially quote unquote on live streaming. Mm-hmm. That's going to just literally throw a bomb at the plot and just laugh. But <laughs> they do occasionally as uh, one of my players, John always refers to it as like, um, no, uh, nobody heard a story about the Hobbit that stayed home. Yep. Like, so he will make strong narrative decisions of like this, this seems like something in, would happen in an action movie. It's dumb. But it's going to be fun to watch. Let's do that. Let's do that plan. So um, I think that anytime I'm not ready for something, John will put me on the spot. And, you know, John's probably going to listen to this and be like, oh, you know, John, Catherine, uh, Alex and Raquel, uh, who Raquel will be with us. And I've actually only worked around Raquel, never really with her. So uh, but I'm sure she can throw me some curveballs. And that's kind of sometimes where I, suddenly get a good idea, and then I have to write myself out of it next episode.
0: <laughs> Are you giving them opportunities to share the cool?
1: Uh, yeah, I hope so, because I think feel like this setting uh, in particular with, the, with the, magitech, the the I like the way magic works. Actually, the writers have worked with a linguist to develop a, a kind of a, a conlang, mm-hmm. so it's a constructed language. Uh, which also means half of us can barely pronounce half the stuff. <laughs> so we're very much to the writers like, okay, you got to give us a name that's, that's that's simple that we're not gonna butcher a million times, but that's really neat about it because the magic system kind of focuses on that mm-hmm. is that you uh, one way to stop a mage is cut their tongue out. So I kind of like that. I want to get that in there. That'll be kind of fun to pick that mm-hmm. up. So we've got the warden, so they've got the, I, I got the badge I can give get away with it. Yeah, do mm-hmm. whatever I want and get away with it badge uh Catherine um is an anthropologist or an anthropology major she actually works for a gaming company she had to get specific permission to even be on the show oh, wow. <laughs> um but she was like I, I want to use my degree in this fantasy world so she was excited to be the anthropologist Yeah. um Alex saw some of the art and there's someone with a shadow sword she's like I don't know who that lady is but I want a shadow sword and mm-hmm. I like her dress we can make this work. So um, she is going to look amazing. And uh, in my cult show, she's always the one that will, she will bring, not that everyone brings it every episode, but she will, uh, cult's a very adult show and she likes to, uh, we have consent mechanics and all that, but she definitely likes to make me blush. Let's just keep it like that. So she'll love to push things. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Raquel, like I said, I haven't worked much with Raquel, but I know she's a professional. I've seen her. We've both been to The Night in Question for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time she's there, uh, she's been able to deliver. Uh, my inter- interactions with her have been very brief. The Night in Question is a horror s- vampire sabbat game. So my right. overall interaction with her was scaring her from b- the other side of a fence. And that's about it. <laughs> like, I think our our cast introductions was like the most we had ever spoken to each other. So, but... Um, she comes very, uh, everyone I know that I've worked with that's worked with her, loved her. Um, Mitch uh, loves her, and I have had no reason to doubt that. So I guess it'll be exciting to see what she can do. But she's going to be, hopefully, our our uh, Magitech person. So she's going to be the one that gets to do that. So everyone's got a a fun thing. Or, you know, either a fun thing in the setting or something they really wanted to do. because. Uh, Catherine really wants to be an archaeologist or an anthropologist. I'm not sure how exciting that is in an, in a narrative sense, but she really wanted that. So that's what she went for. And our, you know, works for the story. So absolutely.
0: Awesome. Um, Is there anything else that you want to want listeners to know about uh, your, your game to entice them to show up? I mean, you've done a really, really good job of, of, hooking me in so i know what i'm gonna be doing on my tuesday nights
1: <laughs> uh, yes i would hope uh, people do that i think uh probably the most interesting things about the chronicles of nuata is i mean i feel like when you design a game art's very important and art can draw you into the world and it inspires you and when mm-hmm. you look at that um it feels familiar and alien enough and i i, I should say maybe exotic that's the word i'm looking for exotic it's it's familiar and exotic enough to really draw you in. And that's hoping that's something I'm hoping to really kind of show everyone. So, but that's why I would tune in. In addition, all, all of my castmates that I've worked with in the past, uh, they can be uh, very dynamic. Uh, we just had last episode our called episode, um, Catherine um, brought herself to tears, like as part of this scene. Aww. And, and she's not, she's, an anthropologist who works for a gaming company uh, mm-hmm. like doing spreadsheets. So it's not even like that. So um, the fact that, you know, I would say, you know, when you look at him on paper, you know, veteran LARPer, veteran LARPer, professional LARPer, you know, and then gamer spreadsheeter, she's quote mm-hmm. unquote the weakest link on paper, but mm-hmm. she's also can just, you know, was able to work it up there. But she's going to bring it, everyone's going to bring it, and it's going to be fun to watch. And nice costumes, good story, and I'm pretty sure there'll be a nice graphic to remind everyone that when I screw it up, oh, wait, that's really what it's called. So Yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to talking to you uh, as your p- campaign progresses.
1: Yeah, all right. I'm excited. I, I-, I can't wait to... To start, I think the first episode's gonna be a lot of fun and a lot of comedy. Yeah. So.
0: so, February 16th, let's go.
1: All right, and it'll be a nice after Valentine's gift for everybody. There we go.
0: Yeah. Thank you to our guest for joining me for this episode of Weaver's Circle. Be sure to check out their social media links in the show notes and tune in live for their game. Weaver's Circle is mixed and produced by Spence of resonantmoon.com. Weaver's Circle is owned by Weave the Tail Gaming Channel and its parent company, Penny for a Tail LLC. You can reach out to the podcast and find out more about our games at pennyforatale.com Music in our intro and outro is Fearless First by Kevin MacLeod, used with permission. Weaver's Circle is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, for point international license you can download it and share it just don't change it or sell it remember today is a good day to roll some dice thank you for listening